Let's do it. Well, it is his birthday, so happy birthday to you. Keep going. Happy birthday to you. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, dear Kurt. Kurt. Happy birthday to you. Bing bong. Welcome to Reconsinimation. We're here for a very, very special episode. It is our our idol, Kurt Russell, our hero, mm-hmm. his, uh, his birthday today. It's his big day, March 17th. We salute him we celebrate his life mm-hmm. and and his continued richness and and skill uh his depth his charm those eyes those eyes that hair that hair, well don't even go there yet that beard he's been sporting for <laughs> for a while now yeah it's a new look i yeah. mean not not brand new but as yeah. of a few years ago and you know, he sports it well. Yeah. So, no, I mean, uh, just to have a man who's had an amazing career, very uh, interesting career. Versatile. Versatile. Yes, I would say. Uh, you know, on his special day, we need to give him a nice shout out. Yeah. And, we, you know, it, even on a Sunday, we come down to the studio and uh, and get rolling here. Yeah, we fire up all the machines. Yep. I, I throw the coal into the, the furnace. Unlock the interns. Let them out. Yeah, let them out. Get them to see some sun. Yeah, they get their hour, <laughs> their, their hour of yard hours. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like Tango and Cash in prison, you know. Hey, yeah. so well, yeah. I mean, if since it's Kurt's birthday, yeah, we should talk at least. We should focus on one of his movies. Yeah, we could talk all day about all of them, but maybe one special one. Yeah, and and when I think special, one of the first ones I think of is Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash. Cash and Tango. <laughs> Tango and Cash. <laughs> Uh, this movie, this film, this this work of art is completely bananas. <laughs> but it's uh, the one of Kurt's finest works. It it is ridiculous <laughs> from start to finish. Yeah. But I have always loved the movie. Yeah. Always. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so happy birthday, Kurt. We're gonna we're gonna kind of dive into uh, we we you know we try to spread the Kurt movies out. The Kurt mm-hmm. classics, yeah, and this is definitely one of them. Yes. And it's an anniversary year. It's, that's right. It was it's his thirtieth birthday this year. This this Christmas. This Christmas will be thirty years old. Mm-hmm. Kurt's birthday's today. So, and this is our second Kurt Russell focused film mm-hmm. of our show. Yeah, we're gonna run through the entire library. Uh, it's gonna take a long time because too much Kurt too soon. It's just unfair. Yeah, well, I mean, and for Kurt, we may bend our rules too of going past uh, two thousand because I, He's I kind of want to, I kind of want to cover Poseidon. Yeah, let's do that. Because who can we talk about executive decision, please? Uh, well, that's yeah, that's absolutely that's happening. the best one <laughs> in the yeah. modern day. But yeah, so we're here. We're celebrating Kurt, and we are going to recognize one of the final, uh, final films that were released in the nineteen eighties. What do you mean? This came out, this was the last, along with Steven Spielberg's Always, 
These two films were the last ones released in the decade of the 1980s. Oh, oh, right. Okay. So, like, so literally, like, literally at the end of December, these were the last two two. major releases that came out. Excellent. Always. That's the one with John Travolta? Uh, Sure. (laughs) Yeah, if you want it to be. I don't know. It's with I don't know who's an always. Richard Dreyfus. Is that another Dreyfus? That's yeah. <laughs> Dreyfus Spielberg combo. Come on. Oh man, they've been they've been doing this thing a while. Those you two. know, I didn't remember that always was '89. I thought that was like right after Stand by Me, but you know, well, I was you, wrong. You know, you're not perfect. Yeah. You're not the Pope. But you know, a little later we'll talk about what happens when Kurt and Stallone, I guess, go up against Dreyfus and Spielberg. Who who goes down? Who, yeah. we'll, we'll find out. Who takes that that crown? <laughs> we'll find out. Spielberg, Dreyfus, V, <laughs> Russell, Stallone. I'd see it. Yeah, I'd see it for sure. They should make that. That's the next Aliens versus Predator. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Tango and Cash. So for for those who haven't seen it recently, maybe never have seen it, or rolling the dice, listening listening to this episode. Can you can you kind of like briefly sum up what what the what the film is? Uh, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> uh, and make it good. Make it don't don't make them laugh yet. Don't make them laugh. Oh yeah, because I'm, I'm making everyone laugh. Uh, it's two hotshot L.A. cops who create a lot of trouble for everyone, uh, but make a lot of busts uh, so much that they're in the paper constantly by name, and uh, as cops usually are. And they've been kind of been a headache to one particular shadowy figure, played by Jack Palance, uh, who needs them out of the way. So he sets them up, sends them to prison, and the boys have got to figure out just what's going on and, uh, and get out of there alive. Work together. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They, you know <laughs> what? These are two hotshot cops, one from the east side, one on the west side, and they've never met until this movie started. You'd think, you'd think they would have met at, like, a, a police function. You'd think, like, a police dinner. You <laughs> yeah. Know. It's just some sort of the thing. The mayor has an event, a gala event, uh, you know, yeah. suit and tie. Yeah. I mean, God forbid, a, a funeral for a, a fallen officer, yeah, yeah. you know. But, no, these guys, well into their 30s, mm-hmm. early 40s. <laughs> Characters, 30s, actors, actors. Well, Stallone, at least. Yeah. Uh, Kurt so. is still – Kurt. I mean, it's his birthday. He's only turning like forty now. So. Yeah, yeah. It looks he looks amazing. Yeah. Um. So uh, it's it, but and that's kind of a straightforward action movie plot. You know, good guys creating a lot of trouble, ruckus. Yeah. Got to stop a bad guy who's got a lot and a lot of resources, uh, endless endless minions. It's, <laughs> and henchmen. It's, it's got your standard '80s buddy cop action comedy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's this is. To it. me, right up there. Yeah. You know? I, not everybody loves this movie, but... Uh, and, and it's pretty classic. They don't know each other. They kind of don't like each other. They know of each other through the papers. They're aware because, yeah, they're they're always reading the papers. Right. Um, but, you know, the, they they already have a competition with themselves, like with each other, rather. Like, who is the best cop in L.A.? And uh, then they finally have to team up to survive and get the bad guy and save a sister. And tr- and not a nun, a, wim- a, wo- a woman. <laughs> if you did throw a nun in this movie, it would have everything. <laughs> Tango and Cash and Sister Mary. And Sister Act. And Sister <laughs> That's the sequel. Yeah, yeah. That's Tango true. and Cash meet Sister Act. Yeah, they wanted to combine the universes. Yeah. <laughs> but it never got made. 
And truth be told, I mean, here in here in uh, sunny Southern California, it really is like that. There are, I mean, megastar cops who are just you hear about them in the paper every, every time, day. Every time I open the Los Angeles Chronicle, yeah, uh, I see an, uh, another one of those hotshot cops make a huge bust, a huge bust, huge and bust. like you see the picture of them like dragging out the 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 criminal, yeah, yeah, you know, out the front of the warehouse. Yeah, like somehow there's a newspaper photo of the like the the arrest as it happens mm. when 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 you watch the action there's no one around <laughs> otherwise <laughs> like when tango and cash go down like they're they're sort of under there's no way you'd have a picture of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> at the time uh the the newspaper is a funny thing we'll we'll talk about yeah, we'll, a lot of the fun yeah. elements of this movie um newspaper is one of my particular loves unbelievable we'll get there yeah um so the first time I saw this movie, I, I saw it right when it came out. I remember I saw it three times in the theater with three different friends at the same movie theater. Little Johnny Diner. Mm-hmm. Like nine-year-old, ten-year-old John ten, Di- Johnny yeah, Diner. Yeah, it was a ten. I think it was ten. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was dragging his friends. Oh, yeah. Not dragging. <laughs> I mean, come on. Ten-year-olds in yeah, 1989 yeah. loved this shit. Sure, of course, yeah. Um, this was like... Top level action movie for me. I uh-huh. loved every minute of it. I had yeah. so much fun with the movie. Mm-hmm. I loved Kurt. I mean, I was, I was, I hadn't explored all the Kurt library yet because I was only ten. But I loved yeah. Big Trouble in Little China, obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Overboard. Right. Everyone who knows me knows that's a personal favorite. Mm-hmm. And then this was, I guess, the third big Kurt movie that I had seen, and it was like three for three. You hadn't seen the Computer Wears Tennis Shoes. I probably did. Oh, okay. I don't even know if I would have put it together at that point. That, yeah, that yeah. was little, little Kurt. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> but yeah, I loved it. And uh-huh. uh, it was it was all about Cash for me. Cash. Yeah, he's the guy. This kind of, I think, replaced Die Hard as like my ultimate cool movie. Wow. Believe it or not. Then and now? Let's get... I'll come Whoa, back to you. Whoa, this is controversial. <laughs> I did not know this. Oh, my God. The cool movie. Yeah. 10-year-old me. Ten now year. I see it differently, but, you know. Well, I mean, you can still have that love. That's I still have the love for it, but I see it from a different, you know, perspective. Now that you're more mature, you, yeah. you realize what's the cooler movie. <laughs> uh, I mean, I like Andre Roiblev, okay? Yeah. We'll come back to that movie, too. <laughs> you, uh, you know... This movie has a lot of those diehard elements, but it's a little, it's all heightened. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more fun in a sense. Um, but that soundtrack. Oh, don't get me started. So, Harold Faltermeyer. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> you, you, there's like literally like hearts and music notes floating out of your head because yeah. you're like in love with the music. Yeah. There's animated hearts. Just, Harold, please come back. We'll come yeah. back and start, you know, making scores again. You should you should lure him back. Hire him for something. I'll hire him. Make a movie. You know what? Let's hire him to do the theme for the studio. Yeah. Like when so like as people enter mm-hmm. Recon Cinema Studios, the but, theme song is playing. There's a great theme. Yeah. Like when Cash rolls up into his house. Like this. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's, that's that's perfect. Brilliant. <laughs> I think you and I should each get our own music cue. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw this movie. I was. I never. I didn't. Definitely didn't see this in the theater. This was. This was not a movie I've seen many times. Um, 
and I think that really I, I remember though when I was maybe 14 or 15 uh, staying over at my friend uh, Jason's house we we're gonna go rent movies for the night you know we're, we're gonna watch we're gonna watch two movies Whoa. tonight. that was a big deal when you grant when when you started doing the sleepover yeah then you know one movie yeah and then when you graduated to two movies and you're like on your own yeah there you go and you can just you're up as late as possible oh yeah yeah um like all the way to like 12 30 <laughs> uh but so yeah i had a double feature with this movie watching it with him uh what was the other movie do you remember oh yeah are you <laughs> Is it? Get can ready. we say it out loud? <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is accurate because we've had a couple sleepovers, but it was Tango and Cash and Virtuosity. Oh, get out. Den- Denzel and Russell. Baby. Where, where was I? <laughs> Would you have been all over that's that? A, that's, a, that's a pretty good back-to-back double right? feature. Right? <laughs> Virtuosity. And I really liked Virtuosity. I've never seen it since. I don't Early know. Russell Crowe. Yeah, I mean it was Kurt Russell and Russell Crowe. Yeah, one the same night. I remember doing with my friend Jeremy. I remember doing Navy Seals and Aspen Extreme. Aspen Extreme. Yeah, back to back. Well, yeah, we'll we'll come back to those ones. You know, based on when Virtuosity came out, this actually was probably '96 or <laughs> like early '96. You were way late. So it was like late to the party. I was like way late to the party and a little older than I thought I would be. See, I'm, but we had a bunch of things between the time I was 13 and like 16. Like, and it wasn't like a sleepover when you're 16. It was just mm-hmm. like you're just staying over late on a Friday. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah. Very different, but yeah. same premise. We were still doing the the, the element of a sleepover. Sure. You know? Sure. Bros hanging out in the bros, basement. Like they do. Pumping weights, watching wrestling videos, mm-hmm. which we did do that too. Yep. <laughs> well, that was, you're, you're getting to the prime of uh, wrestling there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Great stuff. Um, so yeah, the, and I think that's like my latest memory of it. Like I, I know I'd seen Tango and Cash, but I could really remember watching it in, in that basement with yeah. my friend and, um, just loving it, just having a good time with it. Um, well you said you nailed it before. It's, it's fun. Yeah. It's, that's, that's the thing about it. If you can embrace that yeah. and not take the movie seriously, hmm. uh, you're going to enjoy it. There's something this, this really walks the tightrope of like being being fun being kind of being thrilling and and not really being this is a pair this is almost a parody it's so close it's like it's just touching it it goes right up to the line without the winking there's no the winking isn't really there it's kind of there but it's it's It's, just right there like it's it's almost as legitimate movie trying to be serious yeah but the way they do it there's no way that's true (laughs) it's not it's, it's not re- a serious movie. Yeah, yeah. This is not just an action flick. It's like full of cliches, mm-hmm. full of like terrible puns and one-liners, but somehow it works. I don't know because even slot like. I mean, it really, it, it really is. It's like Lethal Weapon meets Alien or Alien. Let me take that back. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Lethal Weapon meets Airplane. Yeah, you know, it's like a merger of those two movies, and it doesn't go all the way one one way or the other. It can't, yeah. I don't know. I and I think this, for me, to be an, a an enjoyable action movie. I mean, this is right there for me. Like this, this hits a lot of 
This checks a lot of butts. Yeah, <laughs> butts. It checks a lot of butts. <laughs> checks a lot of boxes. What are we doing and today? Butts. I don't know. Kurt, I'm sorry. I know I, you're. I tuning thought I, in. I think I meant to say pushes a lot of buttons mm-hmm. and ke- checks a lot of boxes. Yeah. And of course, I said checks a lot of butts. Check, checks a lot of butts. That's what I. There do. was some butt checking in this movie. There was butts. There was there was butts. Um. Yeah, it's such. A, this is such a strange thing to like. All right, watch it, and then like to have to talk about it. Like realize, like, yeah, this is kind of a bullshit movie. This is crazy, but yeah. it's good. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I don't know yeah. what to do. Well, let's come back to those thoughts when we kind of come back to how we sure. feel about it towards the end. But um, yeah. Yeah, I at this point in time, 1989, I'm a big Stallone fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the number two action star, number two star in America at this point. Mm-hmm. But I'm a bigger Kurt Russell fan, even though I've seen fewer movies. Right, right. Um, you know, at this point, Stallone had already had a couple of movies that I wasn't into. Um, I like, I actually didn't get into Over the Top till later. Oh God, yeah. Lock Up, I didn't see till way later. Uh huh. Um, Rambo three, I think I liked when it came out, but mm-hmm. kind of quickly, I, I did not enjoy it as much as the others mm-hmm. for different reasons. But I over the top, I remember I didn't even know it existed until it was just on TV one night, and me and my cousins were watching TV, and I'm like, is it, like I'm like, is this Rocky? Like, what is this? And like, it, I didn't I didn't understand it. And then, like, well, it's kind of like Rocky because, like, they're they're doing arm wrestling. Like, yeah, it's an arm wrestling movie. It's an arm wrestling, arm wrestling. Rocky Four. Yeah, it's such a strange three. Yeah, with the same kid, right? Isn't this? No, isn't he looks he looks very similar. But That's not, not a son. No, that. Oh, okay. I don't remember the cast. Of I just remember like when over the top the trailers started coming out. Mm-hmm. I just knew that there was no action in it. Right, like it's so not, I was just not interested. Yeah, like if he's not running around either punching people or shooting people, yeah. I'm not into it at the time. He's a trucker who who is great at arm wrestling. That's cool. All I, that's all I know about the movie. <laughs> cool. Let's go, Dad. Take me to the movies. Cool. <laughs> yes, that sounds exciting. <laughs> Hooray! We need Sloan in another like. Another interesting action thing, but you know he doesn't want to fire any guns lately. He's just getting tired of. What can we do uh, something that shows how strong he is? Trucking and arm wrestling. <laughs> Greenlit. Go go. Here's just, some money. <laughs> just make go it. make this. just make it. I don't care what it takes. Anyway. <laughs> um, um. So yeah, but eighty nine. Uh, Kurt. Or not Kurt. Sorry, Stallone's star. I think is kind of. His star power, I guess it hasn't really faded yet, but he's starting to have, you know, his hit, his biggest hits are in the rearview mirror at this point already. Okay. Whether, yeah. whether, I mean, I don't think he, he didn't know this obviously at the time, but um, that's kind of what was going on. His movies were getting to be a little b- over budget, over schedule, more problems are happening. Yeah. Um, it's not the kind of string of hits that he was having in the first half and into the middle part of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Kurt, on the other hand, is still... His library is kind of all over the place. Like, he's doing, you know, the Carpenter stuff that he was doing, some of which was really dark and some of it was lighter. He does super light comedies like Overboard mm-hmm. and then does way, you know, way more of a drama like Winter People. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was coming off Tequila Sunrise and Winter People, which are two kind of heavier movies. 
uh, right after Overboard. So he's kind of like going all over the place. And this is kind of a turn back to the lighthearted, definitely the most action packed movie that he'd done at this point. Yeah. I mean, the level of explosions and car chases and gunplay and, and, you know, fist fights. Fist fight, yeah, that doesn't compare. You'd have to add up all his other movies just to equal I mean, sort I, of the excitement that you've seen in his. I think from an action level, maybe Big Trouble was the the biggest pure action movie. I guess so, yeah. I mean, it's not a pure action movie, but. No, no, by, by, by any stretch, but it had some thrilling set pieces, mm. you know, getting into fights. He threw a few punches, fired a few guns. Took a few hits. Threw some knives. Yeah, Right. Oh, that's that's uh, just talking about that movie. I, I gotta watch his it. next birthday. Can't get here quick enough. I know next year. Let's. Um, but anyway, yeah. So so that's kind of what Kurt's coming off of. Stallone's coming off Rambo three, uh, which we thought was the final Rambo movie, right? And then uh, and Lock Up, right? So you know they're coming into this. It's uh, gets greenlit in early nineteen eighty nine. It's shot from. From June all the way through the end of October 1989. Ooh, so long time. thinking about uh, when this movie actually came out to when it from when it finished filming, that's not a huge uh, huge gap there. So like about two months after yeah the shooting, right? Yeah, yikes. So that's uh, not ideal. So they uh, yes, hmm. a lot of a lot of movies spend up to a year in post production, and this had two months. So. But we'll get into back the, then, a year, six months, right? At least six months. Yeah, I guess yeah. a lot of cutting, a lot of cutting, a lot of yeah. manual cutting, <laughs> and those, you know, those effects. If you're using effects, it wasn't as as easy to put in as as it is today. Good Not point. to say it's easy today. What are you talking about it? Our effects people are the hardest working people you just in the business. Turn on the computer and you just click a few buttons, no, and there you got a God. you got King Kong. Don't be offended, VFX people. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, and it was as fun as this movie is. Which I want to come back to the, before we get to the fun stuff. This was a tumultuous production, hard to make. There was very, <laughs> and harder to kill. <laughs> there was a lot of problems for this movie that I didn't know about till actually kind of recently. What kind of like? The, what's going on? Well, the, you know, initially it was. It wasn't even Kurt wasn't even in this project. It was, uh, it was going to be Stallone and Patrick Swayze. Swayze, the Swayze oh. Meister. Okay, yeah. Which I could see. I could see him playing Cash. Him being Cash. I he certainly see. got the hair for it. <laughs> yeah, he's got that jawline too. Uh, maybe. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't know about. It'd be Sto- a different dynamic. I don't know. Could, could Swayze's Swayze... not as funny. Yeah, Swayze's so like. Flippant and irreverent. Yeah, I don't know. Can he play? I he I feel like he'd be more of a tango guy. He'd be a little more Swayze. That'd be I don't know. That'd be a lot of work to turn him into tango. A lot of work. Maybe. Maybe I could. He couldn't wear the same outfits. He'd have to wear a dark suit. Yeah. Yeah. Dark suit. But he he anyway turns down. I don't. I, I couldn't tell if he exactly agreed to do the part or, or, or what. But he eventually left the project and he made Roadhouse instead. Oh, which was probably a wise choice for him because that's, I mean, that's Swayze. That's right his there. big cult movie right there. Oh yeah, and that is a, a fantastic movie. <laughs> right. We must cover that. Yes. But, 
so uh, that opens the door for another megastar, Kurt Russell, to walk in. He walks in. Takes and, over. and this whole project is behind the scenes is a lot more Stallone. And, you know, Stallone is really involved with this, whereas Kurt was a little more hands-off and was just kind of coming in to do his role what I call being a professional. <laughs> yeah. No, not saying Stallone wasn't, but, right. you know, Kurt came in and to do his job, which was he wasn't a producer on the movie. He wasn't co-writing it or anything. No. Uh, but Stallone at this point had a tendency to take over creatively on his movies. Uh, and the, he had just gone through the same thing on Rambo 3 and, I believe, Lock Up. Really? That it was... He's not the credited writer or the credited director, but once they're in it, he's the one shaping the project, and he had all the power at the time. Right. He can do whatever he wanted. Yeah. Huh. That's, uh, huh. Yeah, that's, he's sort of, that was what he was known for. He always had his hand in every... Yeah, I mean, you know. obviously, starting with Rocky, uh, yeah. which you can listen to in the archives, mm-hmm. Uh, he was always very creatively involved in his projects, and yeah. and as he gained star power uh, through the early '80s, he he got more and more, which was, you know, which happens that the the bigger the star yeah. is, the more control they're going to have. If the they don't agree with the director's vision, you know, then they sometimes can put their foot down and make some changes. Yeah, well, he's kind of a an Edward Norton type in that way. Sure, Edward Norton. I'd has, compare the two. I, <laughs> I think Edward Norton is someone who who had a lot of input into the, the oh yeah the yeah. work he was doing. Uh, I think obviously doesn't have the clout. Never had the clout. Sly did. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. The it's just funny that you know I think Sly is at heart an artist. You know he's not. He's a guy who has that creative bent. I mean he, he he's written so many things. Yeah. Uh, he knows what he's doing, and uh, you know he. And I guess you know he's protecting a brand too. Like he's, this is how he wants to present himself. Yeah. You know? So he's got a certain vision for how this film should be. Should it be a huge action crazy thing, or does he fight against it being a kind of wacky uh, comedy? Right. Yeah. I can't remember where things came down. Where was Sly on the? He wanted it probably more serious. Oh yeah. Cap. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sly also. Sly was up for Beverly Hills Cop was originally written for Stallone. Beverly Hills Cop, and what? he wanted it. He, I think, drove it to such a dark place that uh, he was. It just didn't. It ended up not working out, and I then see. they kind of totally shifted gears and went back towards more of a comedy, and got that's how they ended up with Eddie Murphy, but. And that, well, wait, and as you're saying that, isn't that sort of how we ended up with Cobra? Like, yeah, right? that's, that's exactly. That was what they said. Like, yeah, it's like Cobra is the serious Beverly Hills. Cop. Yeah, Cobra is Stallone's <laughs> version of Beverly Hills. Cop. Right. And that, and as soon as I read that and it, and it connected the dots for me, like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's perfect. Totally. Like, it was like he walks out the door and said, OK, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm making it my way. I'll make my own cop. Movie. I'll make it my way. Hey, yo, um, hey, yo it's my movie. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so they start this, uh, pr- and you know what? Cobra actually kind of ended up affecting this movie. Oh wow! Which we'll get to in, oh, in a little, we'll in a little talk bit. About it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they start this uh, this project, and it's it's kind of an unfinished screenplay by Randy Feldman, uh, and they're it's another case of a studio pushing a movie along too fast. It's not ready to go into production, but they're just 
they're moving it. So, which most of the time does not work out well for the movie, the stars, the director, anybody. It's really hard to make a project like this, even on a TV show as well, if it's not ready to go yet, if it's not, mm-hmm. you know, the production isn't up and running and the designs aren't done and it's not fully thought out, it's hard to start rolling cameras. Yeah, it's it, it's there are far um, there are far more stories of like a piecemeal kind of movie not working out than there is a, it being a magical success. Yeah, it happens. And I'm trying to think of one, but I like that just sort of came together and works. And I, we you, re, you hear about that all the time, and you wouldn't know it was such a troubled production. And, yeah. You know, they, they were behind the eight ball, and they're over budget or whatever. Ends up being a great movie uh, with different people, like, stirring the pot. You know, all these all these uh, cooks in the kitchen, as yeah. it were, uh, to mix all my metaphors. But um, uh, this is one that, I mean... You can't really tell from the final product. You wouldn't know because it, it, but if you think about it, you you sort of realize it's sort of a mix of. There's a mix of things going on. There's there's a few different visions being pulled. Yeah. Forward here, like you can sort of see it because it's the tone sort of shifts a little. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. Well, from scene to scene too. It's... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So. Uh, Depending on who you're watching on the screen, whoever, yeah, whatever characters on the screen <laughs> and sort what, of tells you like what this is going to be, right? And what director shot that scene? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, the movie is produced by John Peters and uh, and Peter Goober, and they these guys are big time producers. Uh, they're most recently coming off of Gorillas in the Mist, Rain Man, which was a big. You know, a big Oscar winner. Yeah, that's oof. from 1988. And I love then, that one. And then Batman, mm-hmm. which was obviously 89's biggest movie. I, I don't know. If, I can't remember if Batman was bigger than Last Crusade or not. We can talk about it. Let's should we'll, we check. Do you want to check now? No, we'll check later. We'll check later. Um, but yeah, big, huge movie. Yeah. I mean, especially for people our age, on an impact level, Batman was was bigger. Yeah. I mean, the marketing of that movie was. Yeah, I mean comparable to Star Wars. We but... talked extensively about mm-hmm. uh, Batman sort of changing everything when we uh, talked about Batman Returns, which you can uh, check out in the archives yeah. www.reconcinemation.com. <laughs> but this, yeah, summer of '89 was a uh, quite a time for a young person yeah. in movies, and uh, for this to this one capped out the year. You know, you're having a great New Year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and those guys continued to make big movies all the way through. I mean, I mean, John Peters just produced *The Star Is Born*, so oh, he's still right. still doing pretty big movies. Yeah, maybe not action, but action. although they cut action. out all the action in *Star Is Born*, yeah, there was like oh. three gun battles. There's whole other sequences. Yeah. That... It was amazing. There's whole characters just cut out of the film. The original poster was. <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> He's got two. He's guns. popping out of like a like a Captain America logo with two <laughs> Uzis in yeah. each. And she's uh, kind of like the Invasion USA poster with Chuck Norris. <laughs> I see. She was playing, but she was still playing the piano. On yeah, the, on the yeah, and she's playing the piano, and he's got the guns. Yeah, and big smile on the poster. That's on the international Japanese uh, recut. Yeah, director's yep. cut DVD. Oh yeah. Surprisingly, Bradley did not have director's uh, final cut. No, uh, he no, didn't. No. He did not. Studio said, "You got to get lose all the action." There's a real story here. 
It's going to be a good movie. They add 30 minutes of just drama (laughs) (laughs) because they cut out all the action. (laughs) We need more story of like their relationship. (laughs) Oh, boy. Star is born. Uh, So John Peters knows what this is a man who knows what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, They hired and kind of a surprising move. They hired Andre Konchalovsky to direct the movie. Oh, he was a Russian, a, a big, a huge name in Russian film. In the '60s and '70s, and uh, he had like co-written Andrei Roblev. That's where that comes back into play. Ah, Ivan's Childhood. A lot of stuff. If you went to film school and studied Russian cinema, mm-hmm. you saw something. I'm um, at least one or two things that uh, Konchalovsky was creatively involved in. Mm-hmm. In the '80s, he comes to America, um, kind of like Paul Verhoeven. We talked about on Starship Troopers, which you can listen to in the arch- mm-hmm. archives. Mm-hmm. Uh, he makes a movie called Runaway Train, which is kind of an action drama with John Voight and Eric Roberts. Mm. Right when it, right when Eric Roberts was his star was on the rise, of course. You know, it was that and Pope of Greenwich Village? Uh, yeah. But uh, so he's transitioning to his first kind of major action movie, which I think you know was he was being poised to graduate to that level of uh, of a director. Okay. But immediately. He's already clashing with John Peters. Uh-oh. They have... T- Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. Oh, boy. Uh, Problems already? What the... And it's only, like, May 89. Yeah. They're still just in the office. They're just in the office those, talking. Those creative meetings. Concept meetings. Oh, my gosh. Um, But Peters wants the movie... He really wants a comedy, basically. That's yeah. what, he sees the movie as a comedy. Mm-hmm. Konchalovsky sees it as uh, more of a darker, darker action drama, mm-hmm. which is he and Stallone were very much on the same page. Mm. Now it doesn't sound like Stallone and Peters really had animosity, but there was a there was a divide between those guys. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. Stallone pretty quickly into filming, like really quickly. Has uh, the DP fired, who was actually Barry Sonnenfeld, who, you know, went on to direct some big movies in the 90s. But he was a huge DP. He was like the Coen Brothers' first first regular DP. Yeah. Um, So he has Sonnenfeld fired, and he brings in his DP from Lockup. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Must have been... I like to see that one shot that just sent yeah, Stallone just over the edge. Lost his mind over <laughs> like this. No, I can't fucking have this. That's nuts. Oh my gosh. Uh, so he replaces him with Donald Thorin, who was who did, had done lockup with Stallone, and and at this point Stallone is you know finishing the script for Ran- Randy Feldman was already kind of done with the project. What he's writing, he's acting, he's you know he's some level of producing Mm -hmm. and all this is uncredited Mm -hmm. and this is also kind of the same thing that happened with rambo 3 that you know and he doesn't agree with the director's vision or a director doesn't agree with him he would have him fired and replaced with someone who would kind of follow yeah oh my gosh don't mess with sly so after about you know a few weeks of shooting Peters and Konchalovsky just it was enough and and they all they kind of all rally around and fire Konchalovsky and he's out. Oh no. Uh, Peter McDonald, who was the second unit director, replaces 
uh, Konchalovsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was already on the project and doing some of the action sequences, so it was yeah. kind of a smoother transition, and he had directed. He was also the replacement director on Rambo 3. Oh, interesting. So... <laughs> So Peter's at least replaces with someone that Stallone. Well, I think Stallone oh. chose the replacements. Okay. So you can yeah. fire him, but I'm bringing in yeah uh, McDonald. And then uh, another director comes in, Albert Magnoli, who uh, who finished out the movie and did a lot of the reshoots. Who had who had really done Purple Rain and a lot of music videos. Oh. So interesting choice to come. Uh, I could see, I could see some of this look like some '80s kind of music videos. Yeah, I could. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but they were throughout this whole process, they were changing, changing things left and right. If mm-hmm. you watch the trailer, oh right. If you know the movie and you watch the trailer after it, mm-hmm. you see entire. I mean, I would say half that trailer is not actually in the movie. Oh my gosh! They were shooting stuff. They were coming up with sequences. Filming them, throwing them out, coming up with new ones. Um, Stuart Baird was kind of the editor in charge and was trying to like piece together the footage he was getting and make some kind of cohesive story, mm-hmm. which is the interesting thing to me because when you watch it, it it feels pretty much like a smooth. You know, the story is straightforward. It's not very deep or anything, but no. It feels like it's one mostly cohesive movie. You wouldn't really know by looking at it that that it's all these different directors and all these different uh, elements kind of coming together separately. Yeah. Well, it, that's the thing. It's sort of it has sort of like it has its sort of three act structure to it. Kind of takes you from different places with these each of these guys, and you know going into the incredible climax and uh, crazy over the top. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it uh, it all seems to be it's like it's it all vibrates above or below but never sort of breaks away from like the medium like it's just yeah. right there it's you know there's a some, little funnier some scenes a little darker others but yeah. right around that same line yeah very it, that's what that's what's so odd about this film because it, it could have just sort of taken a left turn somewhere yeah and then try to go back you know based on however they shoot it or whatever and just be like this part doesn't even make sense like what but it all kind of works like the the whole setup and the the prison thing that's half that's m- most of the movie yeah or half of it yeah it's it's about and then, half. and then they get another you know third of the movie to sort of well i mean figure things out and then they end then they take down the bad guy they're in jail in like 15 minutes i think so yeah like pretty quickly they're in there yeah. and then they spend you know we spend a chunk of the movie in the prison till they get out and then it's the revenge part after yeah yeah um but yeah, there was. I mean, if you want, the trailer is sort of the clue to what they were doing. Like you see multiple shots in that trailer of of Stallone sitting in the, like his car with a shotgun, looking at headline. New, of course, newspaper headlines. Newspaper headlines. Cash nabs two hundred thousand kilos of coke or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's there's dialogue that both of them are saying that is not in the movie. Um, I know the whole beginning bus uh not bus i always say bus but uh the tanker, the tanker chase yeah. in the beginning yeah that was added way after the fact i think magnoli shot i think it was magnoli that shot that sequence so, so to set him up it is kind of an odd way to start the movie like we just start with stallone doing a, a cool action yeah thing. you know and i get it. it's like you start with that and then and then you just meet cash and you're sort of aware of Cash, and he's immediately uh, try, they try to assassinate him. Like the plot has already begun. Like, yeah, feels like there should have been a there was a whole different sequence before 
that cash scene. Yeah. Like it's, or at least they, there could have been, I don't know. Like you would think they would do something similar with Tango where there's an attempt on him. Yeah. But it goes from Tango being a superhero to an assassination attempt on cash on cash. Yeah. Like we just a weird, we have no vest. We have no vested interest in cash. We don't know anything about him. Yeah. And then, but suddenly, you know, let's just be clear. You know, with one look, a lot about him. Yeah, I mean, you would think you that, know he's a divorcee, divorce, divorcee, 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 divorcee. Uh, but you would think that they would have just sort of done it. Like the obvious thing is, like Tango, Tango taking down a bad guy and getting the bust, and Cash doing it his way. Yeah, which they're both extreme, but I, I think actually probably be redundant. I think it actually might show how similar they are anyway like what's so different about how they dress like yes there's yes (laughs) their hair can you see it yeah (laughs) Yeah. the cars they drive cars they drive their their lifestyles one of them is a lot of money tied up in stocks one's very one's very successful rich man he does it for the action yep oh yeah why do you do this for the action (laughs) i do it for the action who the hell says that? Who wants to be a cop for the action? Me. I do it. I think the cops wanted to be good guys or justice or stop crime or protect people. He does it for the action, mm-hmm. the thrill. He's a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about some of the logistics very shortly here. Yeah. But so with all these changes and all this drama that's going on and, and you know, it's hard to tell, like, who is – a lot of people said Stallone was kind of the only thing – the glue holding the movie together and – I, I kind of also feel like it was probably Stuart Baird, the editor, who, mm. you know, is, is a huge name in Hollywood, yeah. was really holding a lot of piecing this thing together and, and kind of crafting a story. And yeah. um, Stallone may have been holding it together on set between all the kind of warring parties. But mm-hmm. but through all this, one guy just comes on there and hits a home run with his job, doesn't cause any drama stays out of all of it, and he looks great doing it. And that's our birthday boy, Kurt Russell. So total pro that he kind of steered clear of all this. And Yeah, he's above the, the above the drama, uh, doesn't need to have that creative control, doesn't have to let his ego, you know, sort of take, take charge. Yeah. Um, he knows who he is. He knows, he knows what he's there to do, and he does it 100%. And I don't think, you know, if you look into each of his movies – and some, you know, like it just happens with movies that some of these productions are troubled. It's never, it never seems to be Kurt that is involved in any of the drama. Yeah, that's and, that's what he wants you to believe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> and even like he knows. I mean, he's very serious about his projects, and he knows what's what works in them, and and what, um, you know, what the story is. I know and. Was it the what was the cop one he did in like two thousand two? He's like an L.A. cop one, like a re, like a realistic one. Oh right, dark dark blue, the dark blue is that, that one? Is that that could be it? I yeah, that's it. But like that one, if you listen to interviews with him on that, he's very you know very uh, informed about the subject. Uh, mm-hmm. You can tell he was very involved creatively, yeah. but still like never got involved with any of the problems with the studio or directors or writers and. Or other cast members, uh, just total professional. You got to respect Kurt Russell. You got to respect. You got to. He he knows how to collaborate. He understands it's <laughs> collaboration. You know. Yeah. Instead of every instead of like every one of his ideas being the best, or fighting that hard, like realizing like there's a lot of other professional creative people 
involved, maybe some of them know what they're doing. Yeah, you know, let like, people do their jobs. Yeah, and... and it's a funny thing for like Sly to be taking over all the time. That you know, it's not his money. You know, he wasn't hired as that director or that producer or whatever. And you know, he can still use his clout and sort of you know undermine these guys. It's kind of yeah. You know, I, I get like what driven creative people might do to like protect like once they're getting involved in something like yeah they can sort of see it but they see it their own way not you know the way the, the way they might be intended by yeah you know because I, I mean there's directors that the actors are pr- just the props they're just as like, like any prop on the set right. like you know you're my tool this is the movie i'm making kind of thing and then there's you know the directors that know how to work with actors to get what they want and then there's actors who you know same way like I this is what I'm I'm doing. Yeah. Like this is how I would do it. This is all you're getting from me. Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. Like uh so slice kind of like, you know, kind of an abrasive uh, jerk about yeah. things. Yeah. You know, that's unfortunate. Unfortunate. Well, and you look at, you know, he was I don't know if it was this movie that did it, but right after this is when he does Oscar and Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Mhm. So, I think he was re- trying to do something different with his career that uh, really didn't end up working. So he goes, you know, after that goes back to the action movies with Cliffhanger and yeah. The Specialist and mm-hmm. um, Demolition Man and Judge Dredd. And then yeah. and then his career kind of like went off into nowhere land for a little while. Well, it's weird, you know, but like he he had good projects. Like Copland is pretty good. Copland is a great like, movie. Pretty great, yeah. like, right? But yeah, I think he kind of wanted to... Was he kind of aping Schwarzenegger, like you know, finding that new direction, going comedic, going family friendly, kind of thing? I think that's Oscar's just like straight comedy. Oh yeah, well as soon as so, Schwarzenegger did Twins, you know, Stallone's trying to do kind of repeat the same magic. Yeah, yeah, and so like Stop or My Mom Will Shoot is the answer to Kindergarten Cop, like, right? Like, yeah, right away. Absolutely, it's the same year. I think. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he never quite he never did quite find that thing. I think part of it is like Sylvester Stallone doesn't really have the the ch- the charm to pull it off. There's a, you know that he's charmless, but like he is a certain guy. Yeah. He's a certain way. He, you know. Yeah, if you look at there's a huge difference between Stallone and Kurt. Oh yeah. If you look at the two of them, it's like Stallone is trying so hard and he's acting, you know, mm-hmm. and he's and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but he doesn't have that. I don't, you know, not, of course he has a persona and he, and he has an energy, but he doesn't have the, the charm that like Kurt Russell can come in a room and smile at you. Yeah. And you're, you're captivated. Yeah. Like I am every time. I, no, I'm just, <laughs> um, but you know, he could, he could have that smirk and it was just, you know, you're kind of going to follow his lead. Yeah, he's not trying so hard. That's just kind of him yeah, and who Kurt, he is. Kurt doesn't really care if you like him or not. Like at least the way his characters come off, you know? right? Like it, it's it's yeah, not Kurt, but his characters are pretty much like they are who he's. They're like fully formed characters, and they're not trying to win you over. Yeah, it it does feel like Stallone is. He's like he wants to make sure you like him. Like he wants to make sure you see the effort he's putting in. Yeah, like how smart he is, how clever he can be. Or how and, tough and, and how he can, you know, beat the odds. Yeah. It's, it's, it is an odd thing. Like, there's a, there is a true difference there. And, you know, Sylvester Stallone is a good actor, but oh, man, sure. Yeah. He's just, but in he, the right role. Yeah. Yeah. But he really wants you to, 
and I guess in a movie like this, for sure, it's like, make sure you know you're looking at me. Like, yeah. This, look what I'm doing. Here. Do you hear this funny line I just said? Yeah. I said it. How about these terribly written lines <laughs> that I can't believe some of these guys said? These oh my lines. god. Like, don't they? Don't act, actors must read this and just be like, "What is this shit?" <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I have think to stay this. Like, th- that's the debate about the movie. Is like, did they think this was gonna be? Were they trying to be funny, or did they just think it would be like cool? I don't think, they, and it just you know comes out as funny. I think it's like lighthearted, but not. They're not good. It, a lot of it's not good. Like, yeah. it's just terrible dialogue. But somehow coming out of both of them, it's it all. It's like the world of the movie. It works. Yeah, you know? because every character just talks so strangely. Everyone, they all speak so weird. Well, and I feel like it's like more me. Tango than Cash. Cash yeah. has some. Yeah, there, he's got some of those lines, but yeah. it's it's more. Tango's More apparent with Tango. Yeah, Tango. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's intentional. Like Tango's supposed to be that awkward guy. Like he was never meant to be a cop. You know, he could have. He should have just been a financial banker. Right. You know, a banker. A banker. Yeah. You know, or a financial advisor or something like. A banker. He's, he's intelligent, but he's in it for the action, because he can't get action anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. You, you just. <laughs> so but like me, you, you look at like when they go to their precincts, Tango. Like no people don't like Tango. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you don't see him having any camaraderie with anybody. Yeah, they could, well, right. Whereas Cash is more like one of the guys. Oh, that's, yeah. That's one of those. But that's the character, yeah. That's, yeah. Plus, like, isn't Tango's precinct, like, like kind of money? Like, Well, nice? he's, I think, I think it's more like Beverly Hills. Yeah. And then Cash is sort of like the... The, the, like the, downtown, the downtown kind of, yeah. yeah, a little rough. The Rampart district. But I think, but I think, though, that... I think they say that Cash is on the west side, and Tango's Did on they? the east Did side. I, mi- I may have missed that because, like, yeah, because when we first meet our our shadow puppet, uh, Perrette, uh-huh. played by Jack Palance, uh, he sort of Cash on the west side took me for sixty million, or ta- and then Tango took me for even more on the east side, or something huh. like that. Something like it was a weird line that I made note of it. I'm like, and it was like it just seemed the opposite. Yeah, I'm like. So, but again, this movie makes no sense in a lot of things. Like, I want to, I want to talk a lot about Perrette yeah. here. Um, speaking of Jack Pounds, just run through some of the other actors because there's a lot of actors in this movie, a lot of familiar faces through the '80s and '90s. Yes, um, Jack, who's having an amazing span of about 18 months, Young Guns, Batman, and this all kind of back to back. Yeah, and then City Slickers, not much not too much further after this. Brian James, who was another character actor, <laughs> but we was in Blade Runner. Um, I don't think we've covered any Brian James movies yet. No, not that movies. Yeah. This might be his first appearance on the show. Yeah. Welcome, Brian. Welcome. Thank you. And we miss thank you. you. We miss you. Yes. Uh, the right. choice for the Cockney accent. Uh, very, very good choice. Bananas. Well, and I read an interview with him where he was talking about, he did that because he, when you read the script, it was like, he's like, I'm just any hitman from Cleveland, so I got to do something that's going to make me stand out. So he did that? On, that's his choice? That's his choice. But they, they pepper in so much dialogue, like slang, you know, local slang to that guy. Well, and it almost seems he's, like he's the villain. He's the governor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, he's the guy in charge. Uh, well, I mean, and that's the thing. He gives the, the biggest... Uh, Resistance to Tango and Cash. 
yeah more or less like he's when, more of the physical threat yeah that that the, the big uh hand-to-hand combat that going on between him he fought no he fought cash i think at the end and then yes the, then the other guy the, you don't know this other guy but he's ready to kill you and then that guy <laughs> it's like high kicking at, at Stallone. Yeah. it's so strange <laughs> like i just needed another one of me you don't know him but he's really looking forward to killing you <laughs> We haven't he's seen my cousin. Guy. Yeah, he's just some. <laughs> he called his cousin. He's in town. <laughs> he's from San Diego. He picked him up at the airport. And we we just got to stop somewhere. Yeah, can you help me out with this uh, this thing at work? <laughs> I need you to kill this guy. This cop. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's uh, he's a great actor, and yeah. he's been in lots lots of movies. Uh, Terry Hatcher. This is, I think, the first time. I think this is the first time I saw her. Probably. I can't think of anything she was in before this, but she's done a lot of TV and and uh, you know a lot of a lot of movies through the '90s. But this was, I think, the first major appearance of her, mm-hmm. and very uh, very excellent scene uh, with the with the dancing and the the bongo play on oh, the drums, drums, the drums. There's sack. an electronic drum kit really or something good. like that in the middle of a, an erotic dance. I guess it's, well, it's not erotic. It's, it's just, yeah. It's just sort of a music video dance, like yeah. you know, she's just. Well, it's, it's supposed awesome. to be a strip club, yeah, but it's not. No, and it's a very like not revealing outfit. It's very PG. Let's just say that. Yeah, it's PG. Like yeah. so, like what? Is, what's everyone lining up to? See? Yeah, like, like everyone's out the door. Like this <laughs> club is packed to watch her. To watch her, like in a half T-shirt almost, and uh, doing sort of a gymnastic routine. Yeah. <laughs> and very poorly doing a drum yeah. set. And yeah, it's like oh, she's versatile. She's what? What dancer's ever done anything like that? <laughs> she picks up, but she starts playing the drums. It's and so it's really strange. like a. It's like a theatrical display more than like a strip club. Yeah. I think there's lighting cues and all that. Yeah. yeah. And the stage is very elaborate. It's very strange. But yeah, Um, she's great. Yeah. Louis Arquette is in this, uh, Mm -hmm. which again, I don't, I know he'd been around forever, but I I don't remember seeing him anything before this. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But the head of the Arquette clan, Rosanna, Patricia, Alexis, and David Arquette. All right. Uh, Jeffrey Lewis, who was a character actor, was in a lot of westerns in the seventies, and father of uh, Juliette Lewis. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He plays Tango's boss, right? In uh, also in a three piece suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's he's great. Eddie Bunker, who was you most people would know him more from Reservoir Dogs. He's Mister Blue. Okay, yeah. Uh, and he was a real, I believe, he was in a professional thief who sort of turned technical advisor on some movies and uh, ended up acting a little bit here and there. Oh, really? Yeah. Professional thief. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Uh, which is kind of how he got involved in Reservoir Dogs. But... And then he's, and that's who, he saw how Hollywood is. Yeah. There. That's the way to go. That's how I'm going to go straight. <laughs> <laughs> but he's uh, Cash's uh, commander, and we only see him. We see Jeffrey Lewis a lot more than we see... Eddie Bunker, but that's probably because Eddie Bunker wasn't, you know, wasn't a great actor. Mm-hmm. May have been good uh, technically, technically advising, but mm-hmm. uh, Clint Howard we see in the prison. Ron Howard's uh, brother, yeah, who's in He's every in Ron Howard movie. It's true, except Solo. Yes, he is. Is he? I feel like when I watched Solo Might a couple been, months yeah. ago. Wait, yeah, he, he, 
All right. Why do you do that? <laughs> you make the joke of most of the... Uh, never mind. <laughs> Uh, but he's great with the slinky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, crazy people can do anything. <laughs> this is literally one of his lines. Cut like, to him wrapped up with the wrapped slinky. Wrapped up in a slinky. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, Jeffrey Boehm, who is a, uh, a big-time writer, uh, action movie writer, did a draft of this and disliked the project so much he had his name taken off wow so he didn't want anything to do with nope this. he was not gonna put his name on that wow uh, i wonder if he still feels that way right i think he does i think i read an interview where he said how much he didn't like the movie itself after it came out not just the original oh, no project way. he was working on yeah but, yeah um you know we were talking before about how cobra kind of affected uh affected this but what there was such a reaction from the MPAA to certain sequences in Cobra that to Warner Brothers felt like they had to kind of overcompensate and they would do these if you notice there's these jump cuts and uh, very carefully crafted sequence in the, at the end action so you don't see really anything too gory or too violent uh-huh. like you don't actually see it okay um and that's kind of a reaction to the trouble they got in with Cobra. Because Cobra was a little over the top. Yeah. Over the top. Over the top. <laughs> Cobra was a little over the top. <laughs> the specialist in Cobra was a little <laughs> over, over the, the top. top. Uh, I didn't realize that. So they they shot a lot more that, that we never saw. That it was yeah, a little more yeah. explicit. Oh, my God. There's probably, with the amount of stuff they shot and didn't use, there's probably a whole second movie. Wow. Shit. You know what? Hmm. Let's go. Let's go to let's, the Warner it's Brothers It's down archives. the street. Yeah, yeah. Let's go down to the archives. Pull the original footage. Yeah. I bet we can make a good found footage Tango and Cash too. Get a nice assembly uh, together <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, my God. I'm ready. Warner Brothers will let us do it, right? We're big time Let now. me call. Ja- I've got a call into Jack Warner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give him a ring. Yeah. He uh, owes me a uh, call from a while. I ago. guess that makes sense. There, uh, with some of the deaths that go on, that I mean, especially especially how they take out Jack Palance at the end. Yeah, which is so dumb. <laughs> well, let's let's get to the dumb stuff. Right? <laughs> it's just, uh, but yeah, this this movie is so full of things that oh, I, I don't even know where to start. There's so much joy in in this movie for me. I enjoy every sequence really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can start with the with the tanker chase in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So. Let's talk about reality here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he's a L.A. cop, whether he's Beverly Hills or, let's just say, downtown around Hollywood or something, Hollywood division. Uh-huh. Where are they? They're clearly, like, way out on the 10, you know, somewhere east or north on the 5 or know. something. Yeah, they're way out. They're not near the, the city. Do I sound like the Californians right yeah. now? <laughs> You would need to tell us how to get there, but what's the shortcut? What's what's the better route? Um, Way out there, way out of his zone. Yeah, you know, chasing down this tanker. Yeah, Um, you know, pulls ahead, shoots at the driver, which I've yet to see a and all these. Almost every week we have a, a chase through town here, right? And. You never see anything. Like yeah, that. yeah. You don't just shoot at a vehicle. Yeah, because he's got a. That's the thing. He 
uh, it's to stop a truck full of cocaine, but no one else knows what he's doing and why. Right. Like, so he has to prove that it's about. So he, but he has no justification to do this. Well, there's he's also called, this, these guys. There's also a thing called jurisdiction. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> So when the local cop, when he finally, you know, shoot, he arrests the big guy, the guy with the jaw, and yeah. I, I hate Ro- that I forgot his name. Robert Zadar. Yes, Robert yeah. Zadar from yeah. Maniac Cop, uh-huh. uh, which is a great movie. Um, you know, he stops him, and the, the, uh, the I, I assume that guy's a CHP mm-hmm. who comes out and, and gets in Stallone's face and okay. and is, you know, threatening him. And it's like, well, that guy's right. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's not a dumb idiot local cop. Yeah. Like, no, he's like, he's playing it by the book. Yeah. Like, you can't be doing this. And then still, uh, Tango just turns around and shoots the shoots the tanker, and cocaine just pours out. Anybody want to get high? Look, it's snowing. <laughs> and could there be a less like charming way to make a joke? Anybody want to get high? <laughs> like it's coming out of Stallone's mouth. It's not funny. Like. Yeah, it's just it's There's, a case of that like trying too hard. He's he's like a robot that has learned how to mimic human behavior, but doesn't quite have the nuance. Oh my god, I think you nailed it. Right there. <laughs> you know, and I love Stallone. This is oh all, my god, you know, yeah. this is all coming out of love. Here. The thing is, I could I could watch I could watch a whole Tango movie. Yeah. that's fine. Like it's fun. I I I'll watch any Stallone. Yeah, movie. It's, great. it's just a difference again, a difference between like him and the way Kurt Russell approaches the Cash character. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, and then you, you know, like we said, you immediately cut to, you get a new theme song. So Tango's got his theme song. Cash has his. Oh, yes, that is a crazy song. I I couldn't believe it. I didn't remember this thing until I watched it for this, and it was that's such a bananas like weird Lucy kind of yeah silly theme song. <laughs> like I just didn't get it. It's all synth like. Yeah. Oh my god! It sounds like kind of harmonica e. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, such a strange thing. I love it. Yeah, but that's like the only. That's the most whimsical. The theme kind of goes. Uh-huh. I think you know. Yeah, the rest of it is really like kind of dark and o- like over dramatic. And... Yeah, that that I get that they're trying to show a difference between Tango and Cash. That like Cash is uh, easy breezy. He's just chill. Like he does whatever and. You know, he lives in an apartment. You I know? think there. I think there's another theme they could he could have crafted there, but that was clearly like his first go at it, and they're like, "Yes, do it." <laughs> this is yes, it. more. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the Rambo line, you know, the self self referential uh, Rambo line. Yeah. Oh yeah, because the cops are thinking that uh, they're making fun of him, like he thinks he's a tough guy, and one guy says, "Oh, he thinks he's he thinks he's Rambo," and then <laughs> Rambo is a pussy. Like the, the worst, the worst way to be a tough guy. Like, yeah. I don't care. I don't care about that. Rambo is a pussy. Thanks. Thanks. Lie. I wish we had a tournament of all Stallone's characters. <laughs> uh, who would be the top? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Who'd be, who would be the number one seed? I guess it'd be uh, it's Rambo. gotta be, Ram- it's gotta be Rocky or Rambo. Rocky I mean, or Rambo was the one. They're the one and two. Yeah. Demolition man have to be up there. Yeah. Top five. Yeah. Uh, what about Oscar? He's in the <laughs> first round elimination. <laughs> Rhinestone, oh, I, same thing. I watched Oscar last year for the first time. Did you? I had a good time with that. <laughs> it's another this this weird thing. Like Stallone, it can be funny. Yeah, and this is an overt shot at doing it. 
and a lot of it works, but it is such a nonsense thing. Isn't he's it? and he's it's got so, so weird. he's got so many one liners. I think most not one liners, but I don't know how you'd really like laugh lines. Or yeah, kind of. Like, yeah, in that movie, you mean? No, in in uh, Tango and Cash. In Tango and Cash. Yeah. yeah, no, they give him so much like whimsical stuff to say. Yeah, like almost almost every scene, he's mm-hmm. mouthing off. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, but he says he says it so articulately. Yeah. Like, stop with the cocky attitude all the time. It's a forced cockiness, too. Yeah. It's like his character's hiding a lot of insecurity, but you will never see it. Yeah. The most, like, we see him discombobulated is when he's worried about his sister, worried about Terry Hatcher. Yeah. It's a little little strange there. Like, how old is Terry Hatcher supposed to be? Like, 23? Like, I guess? Yeah, sure. I guess? Sure. But I can't only... I, I only imagine her as 35, like, whenever I see her. Yeah. So, it doesn't matter. It kind of... It's it's a little skewed for me. Yeah. Because I... <laughs> the... um, So, Jack Palance, playing yeah. Perrette. Right. The, I mean, great all-time villain here. The shadow puppet master. He's... One thing that always, like rubbed me the wrong way why is he always so, why is he so involved with everything right he's like, showing up everywhere. like literally that tanker chase happens in the beginning and he's driving bo- driving through the crime scene yeah like, like from the opposite direction what big boss <laughs> yeah. goes to like the places that just get bu- his place that just got busted yeah like and and if it wasn't gonna if it didn't get chased down, he's just there to make sure it gets to wherever it's going. Maybe he was just coming back down the five. Maybe he was up in San Francisco driving right. down the five. And well, do we think that? Well, then obviously this cocaine tanker is leaving town, right? So right. Where is it going? Is it going up to San Francisco? Yeah. Like so, he's just gonna follow a truck for five or six hours. And does he hear? Does like the the driver? Did, did he call him like, to yeah. tell him? Hey, I, well, there's some sh- shit going on. There's cops all over me. <laughs> It's oh, one helicopter. Let, let me get right to you. Let me. Yeah, right. I will. <laughs> I will teleport. I'm a billionaire drug dealer who will go right to where the police are. <laughs> I'm at a, a an abandoned military base that I've taken over, which we find out later in the movie. But that can't be. Where would that be? Like forty miles east of yeah. town? Like I don't even know. Well, where. you know those abandoned military yeah. bases. It, it happens <laughs> that he's taken over. No yeah. one knows who this guy is. With yeah. these big bright lights, mm-hmm. like construct, it looks like a construction zone in the middle of the desert. So yeah. I think it's like a quarry or something like that. It looks a rock like, quarry. A yeah. rock quarry. Yeah. yeah, but like Perrette is this guy who's the mastermind of of all of this stuff. Uh, d- does billions of dollars worth of business, is hands on, and no one has heard of him. Nobody knows who. He- that's how. That's how untouchable he is. Right. They don't. Nobody knows. They think it's uh, both when when. Tango and Cash real, each realize they're being sort of framed and set up. They they think it's his two Perrette's two henchmen who they think are like the leaders. Yeah, they think it's Lopez or Quan. Yeah. So, oh, and Quan sent me. Quan, up. by the way, Quan, we didn't talk about oh, it. Oh, that's right. It's a big trouble in Little China reunion. Here that's right. With uh, James Hong, James Hong, and and Kurt and Kurt. Yeah. Always a pleasure to see James Hong in, Always. in every time. Every so many has. movies, so mm-hmm. so great. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like they're so you figure like they're the names of each side of town. They're the organize. They're the crime bosses of right. those towns, as far as anyone's concerned. But no, no, there's another some white guy. So it's like though some rich white guy is the the boss of uh, the Chinese guy and the L- Latino guy. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. of course, because not none of 
like, they couldn't even make him Irish like he was in uh, uh, Young right. Guns. But his but Jack Palance just is chewing the scenery with, oh. with the ridiculous monologues like, with with the rat mice. The the rat yeah he calls the mice. So he's got giant rats in his hand. <laughs> he's smelling them and he puts them in that maze. Yeah, which. What like there must have been a bigger sequence there. I don't understand. <laughs> like, was he supposed to put Tango and Cash into a maze that he built or something? Like, well, that's when he's like saying how he's going to get them out of the picture, and and he says set them behind bars, and then he puts the mice in the maze. Like <laughs> that he says, I'm pretty sure he says behind bars. <laughs> and it's like you you're not this is, your metaphor isn't quite working here. So then th- we get this. You know, I thought a fairly awkward. Um, set up where they both end up at that warehouse following Brian James. Mm-hmm. Ray Kwan was his name in the movie, I think. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, they're both following him. Somehow they don't notice each other. Right. And have that awesome, which is, you know, the poster of the movie mm-hmm. where they're both come around the corner with guns yeah. blazing at each other. And I loved Cash's gun. The big gun with the, the sight. The giant sight. Oh, loved the, it. The, the, it was like a giant swing line stapler yeah. on top of his gun. Because <laughs> it needed enough power to shoot a red light, a yep. red dot. So I loved it. it. The sight was bigger than the gun. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, but then, you know, they get this set up. Don't realize they're talking to a dead body. And then by the time they realize it, all the, like, 800 cops yeah. who were somehow oh. hiding in this warehouse <laughs> right jump out yeah they have to go through the maze of going through that giant warehouse yeah. all the cops i guess are just just there just, just the hiding well. waiting for a couple hours <laughs> yeah uh and no one else in the lapd right like nobody oh, comes... wait wait tango what's tango involved in here or anything like yeah. that and they all believe straightforward what happens like, like oh yeah they they were they did this yeah this is <laughs> and you go immediately to you know, the trial, mm-hmm. which would probably be the next day, right? Yeah, I, I think I mean, yeah. they're immediately in trial. That's the thing. Oh, well, that's, uh, I think Perrette says, in two weeks' time, my biggest job. And that's when, so he's got to get them behind bars in two weeks. Convicted in yeah. two weeks. Well, that's how it goes. <laughs> Convicted and sentenced. Yeah. Usually when you get arrested, you go into jail, and the next morning you're in front of the judge. Yeah, I mean, uh, everyone has a right to a speedy trial. Yeah. So, even though there's days and days of uh, headlines saying, you know, how the progress is going, the newspaper headlines news at eleven, yeah, yeah, but things don't look good for Tango and Cash as you read the paper. Oh no, it gets worse and worse. Oh yeah, each headline is uh uh oh, and the newspapers are so well done that you've you've obviously paused it at some point to to see if you can read what's under the headlines, and it's all it's not curate ipsum, but it's. It's just random paragraphs. <laughs> Everything is a random paragraph. It has nothing to do with that. You're not meant to read that. That's hysterical. <laughs> but wouldn't you do that? They're, they're, are those just the last shots of the movie? And they, like, <laughs> just 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 throw it together. We're like, out of money. We're out of money. We're out of money. Right? <laughs> you don't have time to write something. Yeah. Uh, then they go, they're, they're immediately sent to prison mm-hmm. and into a prison that uh, they <laughs> would never go to. Yeah. A prison that's, in riot mode on a regular basis. There was there was in there was like two feet of trash on the floor. <laughs> Actively falling, falling trash. And so much and stuff's on fire. Fire everywhere. And the guards and the, are just like, whatever. This is, 
<laughs> this is all it is. It's just this, <laughs> it's just this, a psycho house of crazy people and screaming and throwing trash. This whole time and burning stuff. They realize like they're not really that worried. They like may say that like kind of allude to they're worried, but they're you know yeah they've got it under control. They've got They'll eighteen months. They just gotta they gotta get through it. Everyone everyone in the prison knows them. Yeah. <laughs> they put all these guys away. They put all of them away. Like, like they're Batman. <laughs> like, they and of all... course, we see the guy that uh, Tango put away in the beginning. Yeah. So he's there. He's he's going to want his revenge. Yeah. So it's perfect. Uh, yeah, because Perret knows you can't kill Tango and Cash. They'd be, it's, they're too hot. Too hot. But yeah. So send him to prison. Let, let, let something prison, happen to them. Let something happen. Quan and Lopez, they don't, that's why they're not the bosses. They, they wanted to they, kill them. They don't see the global picture yeah. that Perrette did. Perrette knows it's a game. It's a maze. It's a, it's a, he, he showed us the whole plan. <laughs> so, it, and then, of course, like, you know, the shadow, the shadow master puppet, puppet master, excuse me, um, his lair, where they are, he's got TV screens and it's dark and it's it's like classic like movie video game villainy yeah like this is where he spends his time yeah if he unless he's going to the crime scenes or showing up at the prison when tango <laughs> that, Cash, that's my other favorite is the fact that yeah go, go ahead well like you know they're they're trying to navigate they have to survive and then uh that first night both tango and cash are taken down to like some the you know the basement of the, the prison the, yeah or like the the, laundry, the, boi- the laundry. giant oh, oh it's the laundry room it was the laundry or the room. boiler looks like a big giant boiler yeah. room and uh, so this is where they're gonna they have to they fend off thirty guys until uh, you know they get they get overtaken and then there he is from the shadows they they he's he, there he's, he's physically, he's physically came, went down to the why prison. did you go there like. If one person saw you there, you're you're done. And he's literally <laughs> lurking in the shadows. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Like they can't see his face. And they say, Who are you? And what does he say? Let's just say I'm someone who doesn't like you very much. <laughs> Look, okay, let's just let's say just that. say that. Yeah. Let's just say that. So he Agreed. Doesn't, he doesn't give his name, he don't see his face. Ridiculous. Uh they're then electrocuted. Yes. And uh, rescued right uh, while that's happening. Yes, definitely like a, a good what thirty seconds of electrocution. Yeah, they're it's like probably would have died instantly. And you know what, Kurt, I bought it. Okay, uh-huh. the way you sold that, the the flailing and the shaking hurt. and the hurt. sounds you're making, I I bought it. I, I didn't like it. <laughs> okay, I, I don't like to see that happening to you. No. What did you think of Sly's electrocution? It was there. Performing? It was there. It was right there. Yeah. <laughs> It happened. <laughs> he was fine, yeah. um, but when, but then, yeah, like one of the the assistant warden or the whatever comes yeah. to rescue his old co, his Matt. old co, and the, but when it's time, so uh, Perrette's there watching all this happen. The other cops come in from a thousand different entrances, so now like the rescue is happening, and Perrette literally sneaks behind smoke and fog. <laughs> Like fades like into Dracula the... or something. <laughs> like it's bananas. Like he just backs backwards into it. Like this fresh fog is. And, and you can assume he just walks out of. Yeah. The... <laughs> well, it's like when he walked. Literally, when he walked uh, in the at the beginning of the scene or whatever, I thought, where did he park? Like, where's his car right now? Yeah. Like, how did he get in? It's running out front. Like, and we, I understand. It's like the the whole idea is like the prison's completely corrupt. All the guards are corrupt. The warden's corrupt. 
no one's going to give a shit if he's there. But it's just kind of this funny thing of like the guy had to get into his car, yeah. drive across town, you know, park his car, get out, and get into the into the boiler room or whatever. If you think about that, it's just such a oh my god. He's not Batman. Like what you know, he can just sneak in. <laughs> like, he's got to be. You know, the more we talk about it, he's ranking up higher and higher in my movie villain list. <laughs> it's just, Let's do that. Let's yeah. in the coming weeks. Let's come up with like a top twenty, our favorite movie villains. Yeah, the ones that aren't the, the favorite overall. The ones, yeah, or the ones that we enjoy the, for whatever enjoy, reason. Enjoy yeah. the villains we enjoy. Yeah, all right. That's that's, a, that's great. We should definitely do that. We got to put more lists out of of the things we enjoy watching. Yeah, yeah give it. Give, yeah. Not just a single movie, but no, uh, but all, kind of all over. Well, let's we'll talk off air about that. Yeah, we're just coming up with ideas. Here. I like it. We're gonna do that. Um, Cash, but yeah, Jack Palance. I mean, and his dialogue is it is what it is. But he certainly makes the most of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, love this guy. Yeah. Um, not only it's not just the Jack Palance stuff that is pure enjoyment in this movie. Well, what else? Well, you know. One thing I want to talk about is the size of Kurt's hair. It, yeah, is it, this the poofiest? This is this is it's this is up there this because it. It, it's it's got to be it's Big amazing. Trouble, Overboard, and this mm-hmm. are all like I don't know how much further your hair could go. Yeah, it's all swoops up and yeah. just it it's a mane. Yeah, like, it's it really just... is like a beautiful mane. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's one of his best looks, and he still has it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fantastic. Can you imagine Kurt with just flat hair, like just laying on his head? I don't think it can do. I've, that. you know, we've seen him with a whole bunch of hairstyles. True, yeah. You know, you think about Stargate and Soldier and and um, and Winter People too. The one right mm-hmm. before this, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a real like tight comb, tightly combed hair. Mm-hmm. So a very different look. But I mean, I think like if you left his hair to its own devices. Yeah. It would just grow out. It would like, naturally, like, yeah, just be a, a natural afro kind of thing. Yeah. Like just a, 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 a brown, swooping yeah. haircut. I think you'd have to measure it. But I, I'm just off the looks, I would. I think this is the lead. Mm-hmm. I think this is the biggest his hair got. Yeah. And and therefore, looks amazing. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Biggest does. and best. Um, we talked about Terry Hatcher's dancing. Mm-hmm. That was... The most PG of the adult dancing in movie history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell in drag. Yes. Why did... <laughs> why? Clever way to get out of that club and yeah. through the cop's fingers. And Fantastic. And my favorite part of that is the cop who... The main cop who's like kind of keeping an eye on them. And, and Terry Hatcher is kind of like he's... Oh yeah, like being kind of nasty to Terry Hatcher. Mm-hmm. He just turns and asks them for a three-way. Right. What? Just flat out asks it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you you did put it out there, so you, you had the courage to do that. But holy, yeah, wow, it is a. Uh, you have to do a double take. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Like, what? <laughs> just huh? Terry Hatcher and Kurt should have just been home. Huh? <laughs> I think Kurt just flicks the cigarette at him. Yeah. But what did the cop think that is was did he think it he was like a 
a man in drag or no a beautiful I think lady he, a beautiful lady like so this is the same thing as like uh um a cartoon villain thinking bugs bunny in a in a wig is sexy like a sexy yeah. woman kind yeah. of thing like, uh, exactly like yeah. he's obviously bugs bunny yeah not a sexy woman <laughs> and they're going and then, to be like in a weird way kurt kind of looks like jessica rabbit <laughs> right yeah it's just so i mean he's just obviously he obviously is kurt Sorry. i mean it's just a, a, and it's fine but like a man like that dressed dressed like that it's sort of like a man in drag like joke yeah. oh yeah kind of like a monty python-esque in its you know presentation i don't think it's really meant to be that like clever of a of a yeah disguise yeah. i don't know yeah. it's such a strange thing but like yeah i guess you know and hey kurt was down for it let's let's put me in a dress who cares he can do it cash he, will do whatever he's got to hey, do hey kurt went for it okay he always you got to give him credit he's that always, was uh he get he always gives 110 percent. yeah always uh we go to the 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 fake out sex scene oh right oh right the back rub scene so when Catherine gets him home and uh and what like his back is uh... well it's the way it's shot Mm -hmm. well okay first you see them you know she's massaging his back and they're kind of talking about what's what's happened yeah so you get some some monologue there a little bit yeah we get it we get an information dump happening there yeah and then we see a shadow kind of lurking in the background and you realize that that's tango who's you know we kind of skipped over them breaking out of the prison which is a fantastic action sequence yeah yeah uh but after they break out of the prison they kind of go their separate ways Mm -hmm. in a tear-jerking scene yeah they have to split up now yeah they've survived uh, and, and Tango had told Cash that if he ever gets into trouble, go to this club and ask for Catherine. Right. Which is how Cash ends up at the club. Yeah. Which is where he immediately goes. He was not like he was in trouble. I think <laughs> he went straight. Well, back. I better go to the club. <laughs> I got to see. I got to me. I got to see Catherine. I got to meet Catherine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So they're back at uh, Terry Hatcher's house, Catherine's house. And. She's massaging him, but you then it switches, and you're watching the scene from Tango's point of view. Yeah, and, and like, it looks like the way it's shot that there's some uh, some sexual uh, stuff happening. You always blush when you <laughs> talk about that. No, but yeah, it it looks very. You can interpret it that uh, they're in the middle of something, and he kind of just watches, and he's a little he's perturbed by it. Yeah, but he's not looking away or like okay, maybe I should go to my car. There's very wait this out. Graphic imagery being talked about by Terry Hatcher. Yeah, which doesn't make sense. <laughs> which but all she's trying to do is get a knot out of his back, <laughs> or like slip a dip. No, oh, I think it's oh the slip a, disc because you can just push that disc right back in yeah. in your back. It's so easy. Yeah, yeah, and then and she has to say it like it's very thrilling for her. Very thrilling and hard. Yeah, difficult. Yeah. But boy, she sounded like she was having a good time doing it. So obviously, Tango misinterprets a very innocent situation. Uh-huh. Um, but you know what? There was no time to think because someone else was lurking mm-hmm. outside, and he jumps right over the couch through the screen door. Through the screen door, slams the guy down, and on, it's his boss. Uh, it's his boss, and the the boss is underneath the screen door. He says, "Is this how you screen all your guests?" <laughs> Yep. Like here's oh, just here's a real clever quip, real quick. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he he was there to give advice, right? Or to, yeah, to... he was kind of tipping him off that he could keep 
the whoever off their backs for 24 hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then after that, you're on your, you're own. On so, your own. So they always have 24 hours to figure out what's going on, where to where to find the guy. Yeah. And bring them, you know. And bring them to justice. Bring them justice, prove their innocence. Find mystery guy. Yeah. That's it. The clock's it. ticking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> the You know, part of what I love about this movie is, like, they really um, – they're crack, cracking jokes the entire time. Mm-hmm. There's never any real sense of danger on their part. part. Yeah. Even at the end when they like they meet up with Michael J. Pollard, who, who I didn't mention, but another great character actor yeah. who's got this A-team like, you know, it's like the A-team meets Stripes, like the Winnebago. And oh, Stripes. right. Yeah. It's like this mega tank vehicle yeah. with guns all o- and missiles all over it mm-hmm. that they're going to take this thing and raid into um, <laughs> Perrette's rock quarry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they're just going to go bust in with a minigun. Uh, yeah. But, like, they had to drive down the, the five to get there. <laughs> like, there's a giant minigun. No one noticed them. You get on at San Fernando. You go <laughs> yeah. north on the five. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and then so there there is like a moment where they're like kind of you know mention that like if something happens to me yeah you know they have a nice bro moment it's actually quite it's quite touching uh that and it was tango you were that, you were i saw i saw your face in that scene there was <laughs> it was a lot but tango's the one he literally your was lip was just just quivering, quivering. yeah <laughs> Something's um, stuck in my throat. <laughs> um, but Tango's the one that says to him, just uh, sort of like they realize, like this could be a, this could be a suicide mission, you know, to do this. And he says, you know, whatever happens, I, you you're the best cop I've ever worked with. And they've really only worked together for being, about for like a few thirty days. seconds before they got arrested uh, during the trial, which presumably they would have been separated during if they weren't in court. And then the the day and a half they were in the prison, um, and then they died, and then reconnected like that the next day. So best copies ever worked with, and they were not even working a case. Yeah. Like, like he could have <laughs> the guy, you know, a Burger King manager could have been put the in the best. same position as Cash, and he'd say, "You're the best cop I've ever worked with." I'm not a cop. You're the, you're the best not... cop I was ever framed with, went to jail with, broke out with. with yeah. Now gain revenge with right, but they, but it it does kind of work because they they, even though they're sort of at odds, that's not you know they're both cops, so they're both just sort of have their ego about them. So there's that that friction there. Yeah. But um, you know they they're survivors. They have to fight together. They have to they bond over like trying. They want to kill those witnesses that are obviously lying and yeah, you know, or we're gonna we're gonna get chop revenge, up. not necessarily kill them. But. Yeah, yeah, but like you know they're. T- Let's get that job of the hut. I'll bring the chainsaw yeah. and I'll bring the beer. <laughs> like that's what guys do. Keep topping each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but uh, let's be real though. Like there is no sense of of real danger for them. Like you absolutely know they're gonna go in and kick everybody's ass. Well, they're both gonna live. We know. You know the title characters are in the. I mean, we you do know. Yeah. But you do. You always want to know how. How do they do it? I mean, it, you know, when they were both getting electrocuted, it did, you know, like what, you, you said. You thought you one of them was actually going to die? No, but like, but they believed, they believed they were going to die. Yeah. Like Tango's like. Only right in that moment. Yeah. Because they're cracking like one-liners 
up until they're oh, like yeah. getting dropped in the water. Exactly. No, I mean, like, but it became real for a moment. Like you know, and it, honestly, it's Kurt that sells that. Kurt sells it, and then Tango's there, like Cash, Cash, like he's talking to him, like, "Hey, I'm with you. Like, I, you're not going to die alone. I'm here with you." Yeah. He, kind of, he just says, "I think it's a really good emotion." Uh, good Couple em- good bro moments. Good yeah. emoting there, and there's like before the final the final thing there's like two moments where they almost high five each other but they just they just can't do it like it's not time yet save it because we have the ultimate high five yeah. coming up <laughs> top top five high five yeah. <laughs> um, so we we go right into the action sequence at the end everything's bananas and ballistic and Lots of explosions. They're flying rocket, through this rock quarry. Rock quarry. There's rocket launchers sending missiles at them. Uh, Jack Palance is watching from his his many screens. But if you watch the footage of the screens, there's cameras tracking what's going on. So that means there's cameramen positioned all over this rock quarry <laughs> getting the shot. And there's clearly a director with like live from the Oscars saying which camera to go to. <laughs> like it's cut to three, cut cut to three. <laughs> Ready five Ready and go. go. <laughs> yeah, go five. Like it, I was just imagining like just cameramen just everywhere. It, like, there's, a, there's a control room. Yeah, yeah. there's a control room. There's all a booth this and a. Uh, to catch the footage and and Pounce is just screaming and going up and down and get them like I I worry about those guys as much as the stormtroopers on the Death Star like <laughs> yeah. what about those guys in the truck yeah, yeah. they didn't do anything they're so just many, working the rock quarry so many men died so many men died there <laughs> they're just working the cameras at the rock quarry <laughs> yeah and in comes this tank who's blowing everybody <laughs> up uh, and then they get into the building. Eventually. Yeah, and we've got our... They got their machine guns, mm-hmm. or, or Uzis, or whatever they have. I'm sorry for you people who understand what guns are called. I don't. But those automatic weapons, they gunned down a bunch of guys in security uniforms. Yeah. And then you hear a beep. And then, and then, and they see the digital clock. And then, do you know what Sly says then? Tell me. Uh, wait. And is it... Is it... Well, yeah, go ahead. Either this clock works backwards or someone activated a bomb. <laughs> like, he said it's like a quip. Like, either this clock works backwards or somebody activated Good. I, I mean, I guess you're right. I guess it's a bomb. Because <laughs> like, you know how sometimes a clock works backwards well, yeah, on purpose? Yeah, yeah. I, yep, I, I have it in my office. Either this clock works backwards. It's like there's a rhythm of a joke, but no joke. Yeah. There's always. <laughs> there's always a rhythm of a joke. It doesn't, and, and Cash is shot by this point in the arm. Uh, no, that that happens when they go oh, during that. They yeah. know they have twelve minutes. They've got eleven minutes. Yeah. to to rescue. Uh, of course, the Oakland Raiders scored. Uh, or were they in LA at, at, in nineteen eighty nine? Yeah, yeah. So the Raiders scored uh, three touchdowns in eleven minutes. Yeah, but yeah, they had timeouts. <laughs> they had three timeouts. But uh, no, uh, Cash gets shot by Lopez. So they yes. take down Quan and Lopez almost pretty easily. To, Immediately, like Quan just appears behind a glass door, and and uh, Tango just guns him down. Yeah, there's no chance. And then Lopez puts up a little bit of a fight. Well, he's shot, but then he's like shot gets and... back up, and that's when. Oh yeah, Kurt yeah, they think he's shot. down. Um, and then Cash says, "We oh yeah, it was a through and through, so like didn't hit bone." And then uh, Tango says, "That's lucky." And then Cash says, "I've been shot plenty of times. Trust me, there's nothing lucky about it." 
Like, how many times did this cop get shot on the job? And then he's he fine. Like, yeah. he's, he kept going. He has no, he has no disability at all from being shot multiple times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is what happens when you're a tough L.A. cop. This is what happens to all L.A. cops, really. <laughs> if he got shot, he would be, you know, on desk duty for six months each time. Like, if, <laughs> if you're an L.A. cop and you have a name, yeah. this is what happens to you. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you just beat cop. <laughs> well, where did you learn to drive? Tango said to, to Cash. And what did Cash say? Stevie Wonder. Cause, what? Yes. Good. Another great. Yeah. Because Stevie Wonder can't teach you how to drive. And if he did, it'd be reckless. Like his driving. I just, those random. And wasn't points. there a Stevie Wonder line in Die Hard? Oh, maybe. I think there's a Stevie Wonder line in Die Hard. Oh. Yeah. Fact check it. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Mm, another reference. Stevie Wonder was very popular in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Oh, big uh, time. Very popular. Anyway. Um, so we get, you know, they, they, we have your sequence at the end where with uh, Perrette and the ultimate showdown and this room full of mirrors that every <laughs> villain has. I've got it in my garage. Why does he have it? Why, why is there a room I, of mirrors in his lair? Okay, I have it. So if ever I'm confronted by either the police or villains, other mm-hmm. bad guys, that I can I can slip past them using this hall of mirrors. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, then I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So, but he's just standing in a room, like, and the way they shoot it, you you don't get a good sense of how confusing it is. Like, it'd be very obvious in any, if you actually shot it, yeah. like, who the real guy is. Yeah. Because it's like, there's a threshold. It's not like they're in the mirrors with them. With right. them, like it doesn't make any sense. It's a separate room that they're looking into. Yeah, like so, it's not going to take a lot of effort to sort of train which is going on. Um, and they both know almost immediately who the real one is. They both figured it out for different reasons. Yes, one because they're both equally good. He he had uh, he had a, his ring on the wrong hand or the correct hand. And all the others didn't. And then the monogram on his jacket is correct. Yeah. And the, all the other ones are backwards. Yeah. But each one of them saw that on their own. Like and thing. they're both such good shots. Oh, my God. That they can both shoot while he's holding uh, Catherine hostage in front of him. Yeah. And they're both that accurate. Yeah. Well, you know, Sly pulls out his ankle weapon. so But he has to duck down and fall backwards. And basically, I mean... He has no time to aim, so right. it's as soon as it's lined up, he shoots. And then, how does uh, how does Cash actually shoot? Do you remember? No, you remember. He falls backwards and kicks his leg up, so his <laughs> oh, his boot it? gun yeah. <laughs> shoots the guy directly in the forehead as well. These, what? <laughs> these guys are great. They both shoot him in the head with and don't and they, they're at risk of hitting Terry Hatcher. Yeah. A cop's... But, but really, no risk. No like, risk at all. Isn't it like a trained person's uh, under no tense situations, their accuracy is like 60% or yeah. something crazy yeah. like that? Like they had a 1% chance each to hit them, and they both do it. These are, these are ultimate cops. <laughs> they are the, and, but yeah, Owen, the guy who gave him the truck, you know, he had uh, gave Cash uh, gun boots. So that when he's fall- when he gets the assassination attempt at the beginning, and he's hanging over the uh, balcony, or or uh, uh, he's hanging over the balcony, he just hits a button on the side of his boot and shoots a shoots a bullet at this guy. Yeah, 
How would you walk around with well, that? And it all... <laughs> That's not street legal. You can't do that. <laughs> it all comes full circle. Yeah. All, the whole the whole movie just comes full circle right there. It all pays off. It's so stupid. So we, we've got our sequence. The heroes run off. The bombs go off, and they're fine. The, you know, they, the, the running jump over the whatever. and well, the, Oh, well, the backwards running clock is, yeah. is a, a facility destruct uh, sequence. Oh, yeah, that's not just – that's a destroy the whole rock quarry. Yeah, the whole, the whole building. They're gonna, it's all going to blow up. Yeah. It's all armed, ready to go whenever he wants. Yep. What? <laughs> you got to be ready for anything. And 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 it's and destroying all that stuff and destroying all the evidence, uh, still they can still get off like they still are reinstated as cops at the end. Well, and this is where we have top five movie hand slap. Oh, here we go! High five of all time. They finally, uh, Tang- Cash has earned the right to date Tango's sister. Yeah, she's she's his property. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, she has no say. She has no say. She Zero. just thinks that's a charming line. Like, yeah, yeah maybe you can. <laughs> and, and they have this, it's a hand clasp. Yeah. It's, it's, like, no one slaps hands like that. Yeah, their, their fingers intertwined, kind of. Like, <laughs> and then they hold. Yeah. And then they're on, they're <laughs> Cut the to the newspaper. Cut to the newspaper. They're, they are back at work. Which is. Uh, Tango and Cash reinstated or whatever. Yeah. Get their jobs back. <laughs> Thank you, L.A. Chronicle. Back on the job. <laughs> yeah. <back. laughs> uh, oh, my God. I love it. Um, please watch this movie. Yeah. Please watch it with a friend. I just I want to throw out there that Harold Faltermeyer's score, much like Fletch and Beverly Hills Cop, adds so much to the fun level of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's a kind of, I guess, not so subtle device that they use. But yeah. that really helps the tone kind of lighten up from... Yeah. Any of the like darker stuff that might have been going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um should we do some reconsider casting? No. I'll t- exactly. No. What? Never. Blasphemy. Do not. No. This is perfectly a- cast. Kurt's in the movie. Yep. Everyone else he can't play all the parts, so. Yeah. That's it. This is it. This I'd is like to mo- see Okay, how about this? Kurt's cash. What other Kurt would you cast as Tango? Oh god. Uh Executive decision, Kurt. Oh, oh, oh! I mean, yeah, he's kind of he's the button up yeah. kind of guy. I probably would have gone there. Yeah. yeah, you need a suit and tie guy. You need, yeah, someone a little respectable. Yeah, respectable for the uh, the elite. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it wouldn't be Captain Ron. You wouldn't throw him as you Tango. Couldn't, no. You couldn't do that. Way no. wrong end of the spectrum. No, no, um, I'm gonna go with executive decision. Yeah, Kurt. okay, he'd be Tango. Yeah. All right, cool. That's I'm, it. I'm ready. That's it. I'm good with that. All right. Uh, let's talk some B.O. How'd the movie do? B.O., the box office. I don't well, know. How, mu- how much cash did it get? Not not a lot. What? <laughs> well, not a lot at first. It uh, The budget, because they went, they went uh, you know, $20 million over budget. Oh, my God. I, I believe it was 35 was the original one. It ended up at $55 million. 55. So, you know, that kind of cut into the profits there. Yeah. Um, they had a $6.6 million opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a total domestic gross of 63.4. So, you know, it did make its money back, but initially not uh, not a profit, really. Right. Um, it uh, was released on December 22nd, 1989, just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it was in its first weekend the number 
two movie of oh, the weekend. Didn't didn't take the top spot. It did not. Always went first. Uh, wrong. What? It uh, neither could best Christmas Vacation. Ah, oh, all right. So it's tough, you know, and having a movie come out against a Christmas movie at Christmas time. Yeah. I so mean, yeah, on the twenty second. But in the ultimate showdown that we we alluded to earlier mm-hmm. with. Uh, Kurt and Sly against Richard Dreyfus and Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurt and Stallone, the victors. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Defeating uh, always at the box office. So take that, Mr. Spielberg. That's amazing. Wow. And this was Christmas Vacation's third week, by the way. Yeah, it was. It, it hung on there. Wow. All right. Way to go, Chevy. It only, But it only made $8 million more than Tango and Cash overall. Yep. Huh. How about that? Sorry. Slow and steady. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good. So, hmm. Yeah. Well, Tango and Cash was number 20 uh, movie of 1989. Hmm. So, you know, not in the upper echelon. but top 20 of anything is good. Top 20, yeah. It, it cracked the top 20. That's pretty good. Uh, wow. With what? That's 63 million, right? Yeah. Um, it's the uh, the number thirty one ranked buddy cop movie <laughs> of all time. Oh wow! Through present day, really? Uh, right. And it's only right behind. Uh, it's it's I would call it its cousin, Lethal Weapon. Oh, right. Yeah. This is this is the cousin. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's interesting that you'd think like you think of Lethal Weapon as a huge, huge mega hit, mm-hmm. and you don't think of Tango and Cash as that, but they're really box office wise right next to each other in this kind of category uh, uh right okay yeah well right well because the original lethal weapon was its own thing it's the sequels that always did way more business than yeah than probably two and three were like, yeah uh and so, four so speaking of what else came out in 1989 Oof, what lots of things there was a lot of competition that year yeah what so, do you know anything in the top 10 i know a few things can you start with number one Number one, I know Batman. It is Batman. Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a few that could have been. How about Last Crusade is number two? That was two. How but, about but ba- by sixty million lower? Wow. Oh, well, Not 50, much. fifty-four lower. How about Back to the Future two? Uh, that was sixth. With 118, sixth. One hundred eighteen million. What? Go go go. How about Cocktail? <laughs> Cocktail. Oh man, did that come out? <laughs> that might have been eighty-eight. Okay. I don't know because yeah, there's a different. Uh, Cruise Tom movie. Cruise movie. This Days year. of Thunder. Born on the Fourth of July. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was seventeenth. If you, okay, if you so remember. number three. Ooh, I'm trying to think. What would, what it, would be the third? Oh, it could be a few different things. So we have Just Field of call, Dreams. Call them out. No, Field of Dreams. Eighty-eight. Is that Field, Field of Dream? Only made sixty-four million. So it's nine, number nineteen. Okay. <laughs> well, so that's ahead. Well, well that's a, ahead of that's well, yeah. One ahead of uh, Tango and Cash. Well, no, but third would be Lethal Weapon Two. Oh, right. <laughs> so yeah, with 147 yeah. million. So, yeah. yeah. Look who's talking came out that year. Travolta. Oh, I thought that four. was ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it was an October movie when it came out. How about Major League? That's got to be up there. Come on, Behringer. Twenty sixth. Twenty sixth. All right. Sorry. But there's also, of course, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was fifth. Back to the Future Part Two. Ghostbusters too, with only oh, 100, yeah. 112 million. Driving Miss Daisy, the Oscar favorite. Uh, Parenthood with Steve Martin. Does that round out the top ten? And Dead Poets Society is number ten. Wow. Yeah. 
Dead Poet Society. All right. Yeah. Ten, top ten. It came out in June. Good for that movie. June. Yeah. June second. This That's is a, a summer, summer movie. Summer movie. God, those are the old days. Summer movie. Dead Poet Society. A lot of cop movies this year, though. Uh, Lethal Weapon two. You think it's the eighties? Turner and Hooch. K nine. <laughs> uh, wait. I love that K nine and Turner and Hooch both came out the yeah, same year. Let's double check those dates. K nine in April. Turner and Hooch July. <laughs> so, right. I think it's it's been three months. Let's give them another dog cop movie. <laughs> yeah. But but if you think uh, Turner and Hooch, Tango and Cash, When Harry Met Sally, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yep. A lot of names. A lot of duos in this. Uh, and also, Who's Harry Crumb came out this year. Oh, Only good, made yeah. $10 million. I say good movie. I need to watch that one again. It might. I'm... I think it's a delightful movie. Okay. Anyway. So, yeah, what a fun uh, fun time for, yeah. for kids at the box Great office. year. Yeah. 89 was a great year all around, I think. Yeah. The Abyss. Um, oh, yeah, The Abyss, yeah. Always. We mentioned that. Yeah. Fletch Lives. A lot of sequels. Yep. Saw a lot of these in the theater. The Fly 2. I don't, ta- I don't want to talk about that movie. <laughs> I have a... I have a real emotional atta- attachment with that movie. Oh, really? On Friday the 13th, part eight. Oh, I, we're getting there. Nope. We got a couple <laughs> this year, Friday the 13th. Anyway. Anyway, that's a lot of B.O. talk. Uh, critics did not really love the movie. The, the New York Times, L.A. Times, Chicago Tribune, mostly negative reviews on them. I could see that. Um yeah, it's, I get it. Yeah, they're not. This is not a movie they're gonna love. This isn't for you, critics. I mean, I don't know how much, like, critically they loved the big action movies ever. Right. Yeah, they're not. They're not getting that high praise. Some of them could appreciate what they were, but this wouldn't have reached that level. Yeah. Um, but you know, kind of talking about its legacy real quick. It's uh, it really founded on home video. It was like like you experience a big rental item. Uh, a lot of uh, Saturday nights, Friday night, you know, weekends. You're gonna watch a movie like this, action movie after action movie. Absolutely. Uh, and it, I think people learned to love this movie over time. I think yeah. through the '90s, and because uh, I, I had seen it a bunch in the theater, but I didn't. I don't think I got it on home video till probably around when you saw it, '95, '96, and then I kind of like fell in love with it again. Yeah. Huh. Um, but yeah. I think that was pretty common for that movie. You know, the the way people embrace films back then it was different. It, not everyone was getting to the theater, but they might see it on HBO or they'll they'll go they'll go to the video store. Yeah, I mean, Blockbuster had nine thousand stores at its peak, and, and now we're down to one in the world. And they, well, they yes, that's right. But they also, you know, there was also those local shops in every town. I mean, Blockbuster killed a lot of those yeah. until. They crush them, but um, your camel videos, your big your, top videos, your montage video, movies one, uh, electric city video, yeah. um, or electric video, though so, you know your, your common ones, but um, you know these movies always had a longer life than mm. the theater gave them, and especially action movies. Like we look back and like you're always surprised, like it only made that much. It's yeah. like yeah, it only was going to make that much, like. It's beloved and everyone knows what it is, but that took time. You I know? wish I wish it were easier to track the rental numbers. Yeah, because like some of the you could see some of these movies blew up on video because yeah. it's like you go to the you used to go to the video store and be like I don't know I feel like an action movie. Yeah, and something like this is definitely going to kind of stand out. Like oh yeah, that's fun. There would be a whole wall of this on, at Blockbuster. Yeah, you know like that new release and there's twenty five copies. Yeah, of it. And, no, and none of them are there. <laughs> 
Son of a bitch. Just that empty box on the shelf. Ugh. Um, there's nothing like finding that one that one copy that's left. Yeah. Like, yes, it's mine for the weekend. <laughs> Bringing them back on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, anyway. You know, speaking of other action movies, like we were talking the other day about Face Off. Mm-hmm. And you and I? Yeah. When? It doesn't matter. Yes, we we're, talk about Face Off a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we were texting about it. Yes. Um, if you compare, you know, comparing the tones of a Tango and Cash and the tone of Face Off. I've I loved Face Off when it came out. I'm not a fan anymore. Doesn't make sense, but go ahead. <laughs> Tango and Cash stays fun. It stays light. It doesn't take itself seriously, whereas Face Off does nothing but take itself so over dramatically serious. Mm. And part of that's the actors, part of it's the dialogue, part of it's John Woo's style mm-hmm. and kind of a merging of all three. But if I had to choose between Tango and Cash and Face Off, I'm going Tango and Cash mm-hmm. all the time. It's a tough one. I think I think Tango and Cash is a lot more fun. Um, I think Face is a lo- Face Off is a lot more thrilling. So it's, yeah, it depends on what you want to get out of your action. That's movie. true. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, I'll ultimately, I don't know. It's a you t- want to see guys a- flying around on wires? Then watch Face Off. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because like Kurt and Sly were in every shot of those fist fights, <laughs> like. Uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you know what? What to me, what really holds this movie together? It's mm-hmm. Kurt. Yeah. When I think Tang, honestly, when I think of Tango and Cash, I think of Kurt and and his face and his hair and mm-hmm. that gun, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the reason I come back to the movie. It's yeah. you know I love Stallone, but that's not what. Uh, when I want to watch a Stallone movie, I watch Cobra. Right, right. <laughs> right yes. Um, but this I watch for uh, I watch for Kurt Russell. I think he's I think he's great. Mm-hmm. We love him. Yes. And we wanted to appreciate him today on his birthday. Yeah, he deserves all the love and uh, and affection he can get from loved ones and strangers. Yeah. And uh, we're a couple of strangers for now. <laughs> for now, Kurt. Uh, does the movie? <laughs> Does the movie hold up? I say yes. I think it's still yeah. a ton of fun. If yeah. you're looking for a good lighthearted action movie with lots of great dialogue, it really is a like I said, it walks the type to the tightrope of '80s action craziness and the, the pre '90s like zany, yeah, over the topness. And I don't know, like Con Air. Yes, <laughs> action movies can be exciting. You don't seem to think that. <laughs> but uh yeah it, it it's this is a transition movie this yeah this is saying goodbye to the 80s and i think this is does a better job of almost a, almost a parody send up than like say the last action hero does which yeah. is very overt yeah yeah and this is just sort of hidden among amongst well, whether it meant to or not it embraced the silliness and the humor yeah. of the action genre yeah so like let's have fun out there yeah that's why comic book movies, like the Marvel movies, they know they're comic book movies. They're fun. They're not trying to be high cinema. Yeah. But that's not that's not an excuse. Uh, they're still watchable. They're still a cohe- coherent story. Yeah. I agree. I if agree. you don't like superheroes, then you know what yeah. what can you do? Yeah. But if you like action, this is the movie for you. Yeah. If you like Kurt, yeah, this better be on your shelf. Oh yeah, this is top five Kurt. Top five Kurt. Let's go. Uh, go down to your local video store, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be down the road or uh, on your TV, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, definitely give it a rent. 
and check it out again. Highly recommend it, and we love it. Yeah. And once again, happy birthday, Kurt. We hope you had a great day today, and you're going out with Goldie somewhere fun, and mm-hmm. and uh, the whole family, and the Oliver, kids. and Kate, and all the all the grandkids are grandkids there. Grandkids are there, and yeah. and and your movies. best looking grandpa there is. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and thank you guys for uh tuning in this week for our special bonus show. Bonus bonus birthday show. Yeah. Uh for our pal Kurt. Happy birthday, Kurt. And uh again we wanna, you know, just say thank you to some of our friends. Curtis. Curtis. Come on, this poster. The second the second best poster he's ever done. Uh I <laughs> it's up there. It's top up five, there. top five poster. <laughs> And uh, okay, and guys, check out our uh, please check out our iTunes. Give us a uh, a rating and a review, and and it would really just help bolster the uh, status of the show. Yeah. Tweet at us, let us know what you think. You got any thoughts on Tango and Cash? Somebody, you guys have to have thoughts out there. So. Everyone has an opinion. Of this you one. love the movie. You hate the movie. What do you love about? What do you love about it? Tell us. Yeah, we want to hear. We want to hear. Uh, and that's at Reconciliation. And uh, at Reconciliation Podcast on on Facebook. So, you know, give us a shout out there. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're going to we're going to actually we got to get to the restaurant. We got the reservations for. Oh, right. Well, yeah, we're going we to get there before him. <laughs> right. Right. You know, hopefully this is one of the random restaurants he's going to. Today. Yeah. We don't know for sure if he's we've, showing up. We've been we're re- be reservations ready. all over town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're just gonna we're gonna keep our fingers crossed. This yeah. is the one who shows up. I've got my my best uh, big trouble little China shirt on. And I'm, uh, <laughs> ready to go. All right, I'm there. I got my tank top too. Uh, all right, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week for our regularly scheduled program. See you then. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs>